Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. In our journey through the New Testament so far, we have seen one point made repeatedly now, especially as we've been reading through the epistles. I'm thinking most specifically of Romans and Galatians. We are not saved by works. We are not saved by the law. We are saved through faith and also through the grace of God. Now, why is that? Why is it that we are not saved, cannot be saved through the works of the law or through anything of our own doing? Well, our reading today will tell us why and really do so in giving us one of the most beautiful and powerful explanations of the grace of God that we will see anywhere in the Bible. And we're going to see you need to be saved by grace and through faith apart from works because you are not simply spiritually sick without Christ. You're not merely spiritually injured without Christ. Without Christ, you are spiritually dead. And so you don't just need help. You don't just need recovery. You need a resurrection. That is what everyone apart from Christ needs. They need a resurrection. And thank God that is what he is by his own grace in the business of doing. Let's look at it now. And we really start with the problem in the first few verses of our reading. This is why you need salvation by grace apart from works, because you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You were dead. And, you know, we have kind of in literature or or movies, this idea of a zombie, something that walks around, uh, but something that is clearly not alive, this walking dead, uh, right? That's what you are spiritually without Christ. Sure, you're moving around, you're doing stuff, but you are dead. And there's not really any thought to what you are doing. You are just this spiritual zombie being led around. And led around by what? Well, it explains following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sun's of disobedience. So you're this spiritual zombie and you're following the course of this world. And first John will explain to us a little more. What are we talking? What are we talking about there? The course of this world. Well, that's going to be the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life. Those are the things that control you in your state of spiritual death. And there's more to the story because there is a spiritual power at work directing all of these things. It calls it the prince of the power of the air. I think ultimately a reference to Satan, who in the spiritual realm is 
exerting all kinds of influence over the course of this world. And of course, this is not just something that you are being compelled to, kicking, dragging, and screaming. Um, This is what you want. Verse 3, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. You're doing whatever your flesh wants. That is your state without Christ. And so again, you're not just injured. You're not just sick. You don't just need a little bit of help. You don't just need some spiritual medicine. You need a resurrection. And without that, you are on a crash course with the wrath of God, which is where verse three ends. And we were by nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. We are children of wrath. Children is an intimate association. And you were a child of wrath. You were intimately acquainted with the wrath of God. So you are dead. You are mindlessly following the world, following the devil, following your flesh, and you're following it all to the massive cliff of God's wrath. Sounds pretty bleak, right? Well, enter two of the most beautiful words in the Bible. But God. You were dead. You were this mindless spiritual zombie, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So you are raised up with Christ. That's what happens in salvation. You are given a spiritual resurrection. That You are no longer this zombie. You have a new mind. You have a new heart and you are raised with Christ. Not only is the debt of your sins paid, but you are really given the riches of Christ because we have been raised up with him, verse 6 says, and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That's one of my favorite parts of this memorable and well-known passage there at verse 7, that God has even more grace in store for us. If you are a Christian right now, you should be able to look back and say, wow, I am amazed at the grace of of God. But what he's saying is, well, you haven't even seen all of it yet because there's an immeasurableness to the riches of his grace that it's going to take all of eternity for you to see. That's what you are given in Christ. And then verse 8 puts it most clearly, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of of God. You are saved by God's grace. It is his gift. You can't point to your works and say, look at what I did. And I think ultimately you can't even really just point to your own faith and say, ha, look at me. I, I did it. I believed. No, I think even the the faith there, it's, it's a gift of God. God is the one who has woken you up. God is the one who has raised you from the dead. What an amazing truth of the gospel. You were dead. You were hopeless. You were headed towards the wrath of the Almighty, but God, because He is rich in mercy and grace and love, 
He raised us up in Christ. And so that's where I would say, if you know that, if you've experienced that, well, you should be responding in praise and worship to God as a result of that. If you don't know that, if you read this and you're like, you know what, honestly, I am still dead in my sin. And I know that because I'm still, even though maybe I put on a spiritual face, I am still just following my flesh, following the world and following the devil. Well, then I would urge you cry out to God in faith. Say, God, I am dead in sin. I need a resurrection. And God, I know that you give that to me because another promise that we've already seen is all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on his name today. Fall upon his grace today. And for those that put their faith in Christ, those that have been spiritually born again, spiritually resurrected. There's some very real ramifications that this passage should bring into our lives. And the first is humility. Verse 9, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We should all be humbled by this passage, because every single one of us who is saved should be nodding along, saying, yep, that was me, a a prisoner, dead in my sins and God saved me. I was headed for the wrath of God. I was dead. I was sucked into the world, my flesh, the devil, but God saved me. Every one of us should be humbled and admitting that reality. You've probably heard the phrase there, but for the grace of God go I. We think the origin of that uh, phrase is traced back to this old preacher named John Bradford, who saw a criminal being headed to his own execution. And he looked at the criminal and said, there, but for the grace of God goes John Bradford. He he knew that he couldn't just look at this criminal and say, well, that's what happens when you live the life of a criminal. I'm glad I'm not living that life. He says, well, except for God's grace, I probably would be living that life. And that's a good word for us all. The other practical ramification is that we should be eager and zealous really for good works. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has saved us. He has raised us not so we could keep living like we used to live. And if we understand the nature of sin, we should realize, no, sin isn't this nice, good thing that God is now trying to keep me from. No, sin is what had us in bondage. And now we have been set free and we should be eager for good works. We have been brought out of the dungeon. And instead of the scraps and the moldy bread, so to speak, that is fed to us there, now the king has invited us in. We are heirs with Christ. He has invited us into his house and he wants us to eat from his food. That should be the mindset we have when it comes to good works. No, I don't want to do the things, uh, the former things of my flesh. I want to pursue God and seek to live out my salvation through these good works because of our faith now in God and the new life and new heart that we have inside of us. So I hope you are just refreshed in amazement at the gospel by this very powerful passage. And I hope that very practically you walk away from this humbled today 
and even looking at maybe back at your own sin and saying, wow, I can't believe I'm forgiven for all of this. I can't believe I'm free from all of this. And it's not my own doing. It is the grace of God. And that you would eagerly today pursue the good works that God has prepared for you, wherever God has put you today, that you would seek to honor and to please Him today instead of living for yourself and living according to the pattern of this world. We were lost. Even worse than that, we were dead. But God has made us alive. Praise Him. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.